Welcome to Conversations with Cynthia. Cynthia Hyatt is a Christian psychotherapist specializing in trauma therapy, couples, relationships, and personal development. She is passionate about your life and is here to encourage, teach, and inspire you to be your own best version. Find her online at CynthiaHyatt.com. That's C-I-N-T-H-I-A-H-I-E-T-T.com. Now, with today's fresh insights, Cynthia Hyatt. Well, hello. Welcome to the show. I'm Cynthia Hyatt, your host. You are listening to Conversations with Cynthia, and I hope that you are having a wonderful Sunday and that this is going to continue to make it that way. We are talking today about acceptance, and I'm hoping you can listen to the whole show, and if you can't, make sure you go to the website. You can also go to KPXQ1360, their website, and just find me on that as one of the hosts. You can click on my name, my picture, and it will also take you to many of those shows. So this is a show on acceptance. You know, and acceptance is, it's kind of a, it's kind of a big deal, and it really is, in so many ways, the pathway to peace. And maybe you've heard the, the saying, acceptance, the key to all my problems. And I truly say this to clients very frequently because acceptance is a really big deal. And when we are willing to practice acceptance and practice it in a way that is healthy, not just caving in, not just giving in, not just giving up, but really understanding this concept of acceptance. And it is quite a deep concept. And so I want you to think about this. Acceptance, the key to all my problems. And really consider what this might mean to you. And so when we say that we want acceptance, what does that mean? Well, acceptance, it does not mean agreement. And it doesn't mean approval. See, I accept a lot of things that I do not agree with at all. And I accept many things that I do not approve of. So I don't necessarily change my opinion. I simply know that in the adult world, there are going to be polarities. There are going to be dichotomies. There are going to be things that do not add up and that do not match. And I have to be mature enough to be able to understand that I can hold two opposing things at one time. I can vehemently disagree with something and accept it. Because accepting means that I'm not going to fight it. Or acceptance means I'm going to accept it for a period of time while I'm figuring out a plan, while I'm determining whether it is something I want to take on, whether it's something good for me to take on when it comes to refusing to accept or when it comes to truly accepting. So why do we accept? What is the point of acceptance? Well, many times we accept things in order to change. So I may need to accept certain things in order to get a change that I'm desiring. So think about that for a minute. What do you need to accept in order to change something? Well, what if I want higher education? I may have to accept the fact that I'm going to have to spend money in order to get it. And so I might have to let go of one thing Maybe I need to let go of something I really treasure in order to get the other. Maybe it's about a relationship. Maybe I need to accept the fact 
that no matter how much I love this person, the relationship is exceedingly unhealthy. And in spite of all of my attempts, I have not been able to change the health of the relationship. And if I don't accept that the relationship is not changing, I will continue to spend inordinate amounts of time and energy attempting to change something that is not changing. So acceptance is one of those things that helps me figure out what can change and what will not change. And so I have to accept my, I have to ask myself, what can I accept and what will I not accept? And then as I go through that process, I have to ask myself, well, if I won't accept this, is it just actually an emotional energy or a thought that I have because it's not really true? I have to accept it anyways. It's like the idea of aging, right? I have clients many times, friends, whoever, that says, well, I'm not, I'm, I don't accept the fact that I'm aging. And they're going to fight it and fight it and fight it. Well, that's okay. I'm not against fighting the aging process. But I don't think it's healthy if we don't have realistic expectations. So many times, acceptance, you have to think about this. It's kind of a lot of shades of gray. So there are some things maybe that are really at the end of each continuum. Maybe something is white, something is black. I accept God on God's terms. I accept the fact that humans are fallen. So I accept the fact that sin is going to prevail on this planet until the Lord comes back. That doesn't mean I agree or approve. doesn't mean I like it. It means that that is not my battle. That really, truly is the Lord's battle. What he wants me to do is fight the battle that he has given me. And that is living at peace. So what do I need to accept in order to change something? Well, maybe I need to accept that my spouse, my children, co-worker, boss, whoever it is, may really be this way. Maybe they're not going to change. And maybe I need to accept that in order to change my side of the relationship. Maybe I just need to be more accepting of this person that's in my life. So the change for me is accepting. I'm accepting the fact that these people are not going to change. And as I accept that, then I change. Maybe I become more forbearing, more forgiving, more accepting, more honest, more patient, more kind. So why else would we work on acceptance? It's really understanding and having the wisdom and the knowledge to know what can I change and what can I not change. So I accept the things I cannot change right? And I change the things that I can. And then you want to ask yourself, why do I want to change? What are my motives? What are the reasons? Why do I want to change? Because many times this will be a very interesting journey with the Lord as to our own heart. What is my motive for change? Am I changing my appearance so that I have more acceptance from the ex external world? Am I changing um, where I live because I don't want to deal with certain things that maybe God is asking me to deal with? 
Am I changing a job because I'm putting more of my trust in money than I am in the Lord? What are my motives? Why am I wanting something to change? And many times our motives are very genuine. So maybe I'm wanting to change my tendency to be judgmental because I know it will, it will really help my relationships and it will honor God. So my motive is to become healthier. My motive is to be more Christ-like. And then you say to yourself, but what do I really want to change? And there are many things that we complain about that when it really comes down to it, we think we want it to change, but we really don't want to put the effort into it. So I'm telling you, that's a lot of wasted effort. I would just encourage you to accept the fact that this is what it is. Because if you really don't want to put the effort and the energy into the change, you probably need to just accept it because you're wasting a whole lot of energy thinking about how great it would be if things would change, but not wanting to put any skin in the game. So sometimes we want to change situations, people, proximity, where we live, where we go to church. Maybe we want to change these things to decrease pain. So what I want to encourage you to really, really understand the pain and ask the Lord for insight about the pain. Because pain is, I tell people frequently, pain is the greatest motivator of all times. So many times when I see people's lives in complete disarray and they tell me they're in a lot of pain, but they really don't want to change, it tells me, you know what, they may not be in as much pain as I would be. They may not be in as much pain as they're saying they're in. So ask yourself, what is the pain here and what is that pain telling me? Is the pain telling me that I need to increase my tolerance? That maybe I'm being unrealistic about how happy I should be down here. Maybe I'm living to be happy instead of living to be free and whole. What pain am I trying to get rid of? What pain am I trying to change? And what does that say about me? See, maybe I'm focusing on change because I'm really wanting somebody else to change. So instead of looking at my side of the street and saying, is there something I can do that might affect this person differently? Is there something I can do to make the situation better? Or am I just thinking about how much I want that other person to change because if they would change, then I'd be happy. I wouldn't put a whole lot of effort in waiting for that. So what if I don't want to do the hard work? What if I say I want to change? But when it really comes down to it, I'm like, yeah, maybe that's a little bit too much effort. Maybe I don't have the energy. So what I want you to know is there's this really amazing, magical thing about acceptance. Many times when I accept, what happens is peace comes, more energy comes, more faith comes, more endurance comes, more patience comes. I have more fun. I'm usually more successful, and my relationships are more successful. When I am really to die to those things, I do not want to accept. Because I'm afraid if I accept them, I'll be even more miserable. And what you find is that accepting things that should change will bring more misery. Accepting things that you cannot change will re release a lot of misery. 
So think about this idea of acceptance. Ultimately, I don't want to permanently change anything that's not inauthentic. And we're going to talk more about that. That, that authentic issues I'm not going to change. Because some of that's just God's design, and I need to respect that. I need to change the things that cause me to be less of what God has designed me to be. The things that need to change are the things that get in the way of me being who he has called me to be. Those are the things that ultimately need to change. So think about what should you accept? What should you not accept? So join me in the next segment as we talk more about acceptance, self-acceptance, and acceptance being truly the key to all our problems. This is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia. Welcome to Conversations with Cynthia. Thank you for joining me again. And if you are just tuning in, I'm so glad that you're joining us. Thank you for all of your just input and social media, all your support for that. And again, we are working diligently on all these podcasts that we are putting together for you. So we're talking today about acceptance. And you've heard the saying, acceptance, the key to all my problems that I want to have the wisdom to know the things I need to change and the courage to change those things. And truly the faith and the insight and the wisdom to know the difference between what should change and what should not change or what should just simply be accepted. So again, acceptance does not mean that I actually agree with something. It's not, I'm, if I accept something, I'm not giving my, I'm not endorsing it. I'm not necessarily giving it a stamp of approval. I'm simply saying, I'm going to need to accept that because if I don't, I'm going to waste a lot of time and energy and I won't have the energy I need to change the things I really truly can change and need to change. So we talked in the last hour about what reasons do we have to change? What are our motives? Am I changing me in hopes that another person will change? Am I wanting to decrease pain? Well, I think that's a great motivator. Am I, am I wanting to change something so that I don't have to do a lot of hard work? Am I trying to make my life easier? Sometimes that can be incredibly helpful. And sometimes it's a bunch of wasted energy. So think about this. What would it be like if God was not accepting? What would it be if he did not accept you today? Because the most interesting and most awe-inspiring thing about our Lord is that he accepts us 100% every moment of every day. He's working on change, but while he's working on the change, he's accepting us completely. Which is amazing to know that Christ living inside of me says, I'm going to work on changing you. It may not happen until the day of Christ Jesus. See, we're never going to really arrive. So it's a worthy endeavor to continue to grow and to change and to be all that God has called us to be. But part of the necessary piece is acceptance. Accepting the things I can't change. I can't change the fact that this world has fallen. I can't change the fact that people have disagreements with me or disagree with what I think. I can't change the fact that maybe everybody's not going to like me. I can't change the fact that I'm aging. I can't change the fact that, you know, 
maybe this is what God has called me to do. Maybe this is where God has called me to live. Maybe God has given me a lot of children that I never dreamed I would have, and maybe I thought I would have a lot and God has given me none. Maybe I thought I was supposed to be married for my entire life and it ended up that I wasn't. So the accepting piece is accepting things right as they are, right now, so that I actually can learn, I can figure out what to leave be and what I need to put my time and energy in and why I'm doing this and what are my motives and are my motives selfish or are they really authentic? So think about this acceptance issue because we want to really have this really become distilled down to accepting you 100% self-acceptance. See, I can work pretty hard at accepting a lot of things outside of me and dying to a lot of hopes and dreams or whatever expectations. But when I truly accept myself, the one thing I have just done when I truly accept myself is I honor God. I'm now on the same page as God. God and I are in the same place. He accepts me, I accept me. Faults, sin, past, future, my failures, my successes, whatever it might be, God and I are now on the same page. And this is what God says. See, the acceptance piece is about truth. He says, then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. And the freedom, the truth in that freedom is that you are deeply loved, very valued, very wanted, and very needed. No one is happenstance. God creates everyone for a very specific reason and for his pleasure. He wanted you. So self-acceptance has a lot to do with self-love. And when you're truly loving you, you can better love others, and you can certainly better love God. Now, Self-love, it's a weird kind of thing. Psychology talks a lot about it. Psychiatry does. Christians do. Motivational speakers. Everybody talks a lot about self-love. And self-love is not about self-aggrandizing. Self-love is not about pumping up my ego. Self-love is, is not taking away all the rules and saying I can do whatever I want to do and everybody has to be happy with me. That's immaturity, grandiosity, egocentrism. That's not really love. That doesn't make anybody feel loved. People feel loved when you want the best for them. People feel loved when they know you love them in spite of what they're working on. That's the thing that changes people. So we see here in Corinthians, it says love is patient. Love is kind. It doesn't envy. It doesn't boast. It's not proud. It doesn't dishonor others. It's not self-seeking. It's not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love doesn't delight in evil, rejoices in truth, always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. Love will never fail you. It doesn't mean you're always loved back. But love never fails. The more that I practice self-acceptance, the better I, I, I am able to love people where they're at.
See, if I'm wanting people to be a certain way, I have a hard time loving them. So I become very conditional. So I love them if. If you do this, then I will extend love, grace, mercy, and patience towards you. When God says, no, it's the other way around. See, because that's where truth comes. If I truly love someone before they've changed, I really find out if they are willing to change. If they're willing to be what God has called them to be. So if I truly love them, then I am setting them free to be whoever God wants them to be or not to be. If they choose not to be who God has called them to be, frankly, that's really good information for me. It doesn't mean I don't, I, I don't stop loving them. It simply means that my intimacy may not be as deep. So it's good information when I accept people on their terms. I find out who they really are, and I find out how well they respond to love. But I can't love without acceptance. And so think about this. Love never fails. And Jesus says to the man that said, what is the greatest commandment in the law? When he says, love the Lord God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind. That's the first and the greatest commandment. Because see, when we love God, he helps us love well. And then he says, and the second is, love your neighbor like yourself. See, if I don't love me, I'm not going to love my neighbor well. I don't have anything to give them. If I don't have love within me, I can't reproduce it outside of me. So this is Cynthia High with Conversations with Cynthia. Join me in the next half hour. We talk more about self-acceptance and loving self. Welcome back to Conversations with Cynthia. Thank you for joining me this Sunday afternoon. I hope your day is going well for you, and I'm really praying that your week will bring you peace, success, energy, endurance, insight, and that you will get to have different encounters with people that show you how much God sees you and loves you. So we're talking today about acceptance, self-acceptance, self-love. And that acceptance really truly is the key to all my problems. Because self-acceptance and acceptance of the situations and the world as it is helps me to know what actually can change. So that I don't fight with the things that are not going to change. It's like trying to fight with the weather. I can't change the weather. I accept the weather. When I accept the weather on the weather's terms, I better know how to take care of myself in the midst of the storm because I'm not wasting time trying to change the storm. So we left off in the last segment really talking about this idea of self-acceptance. Why is self-acceptance so difficult? Well, one of it is one reason is we have to live with ourselves. We can't get away from ourselves, right? So we have a hard time hiding from ourselves. Where when we're interacting with other people, maybe we're getting a really good version of them. And we don't see all the things they're working on. This is why loving pets and children is so different. They don't hide things. And you really kind of have to take them on their own terms so that you can figure out how to interact with them in a way that helps change the things that need to change. 
So when you look at this idea that love never fails, love never fails. This is what remains. Faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. And this is what Jesus is saying. So you want to understand the fact that your inside world is often revealed outside of you. So ask yourself what keeps coming towards you. Everywhere you go, there you are, right? So if everywhere I go, people are rude to me, hmm, what's the common denominator? So instead of trying to change them, maybe I'm the one that is not as polite as I need to be. Maybe I'm not aware of some of the signals I'm sending. Maybe I'm not knowing the way I come across. Maybe my own insecurities, my fears, my hurts in the past, my needs are clouding or tangling up, complicating how I relate to people. So I want to think about what is coming toward me? How am I reacting, responding to it? How much am I accepting of myself and others? So again, acceptance does not mean agreement or approval. Now, when there's acceptance with agreement or acceptance with approval, it feels great. But there are many things that we need to accept that we don't agree with or approve of. So think about this idea of, ultimately, the things I do not want to change are things that are authentic. I don't want to change the inner person. I don't want to change how God has made someone. I don't want to change how God has made me. I just want to get rid of the stuff that isn't authentic to me. See, when I really practice acceptance, truly practice acceptance of myself and of the world around me, guess what happens? Acceptance allows for time to do its job because, you see, humans need time. Humans need time to change. Humans need time to make a change permanent. And acceptance allows us to relax. We don't have to do it immediately. So when we relax, we get more energy. We get more courage to change. And acceptance removes fear and pressure. So it doesn't feel like if I don't change, the whole world is going to end. I'm not going to get what I need. Nobody's going to love me and like me. I'm not going to feel safe. I'm not going to be wanted. So acceptance removes fear and pressure. And acceptance is truly the antidote for perfectionism. Because perfectionism, first of all, will never occur. We don't even know what perfect is. We've never seen perfect. We only know what perfect is not. And it is really kind of antichrist in some ways to think you can be perfect. Only God is perfect. And then God perfects us through his son. So think about the people you enjoy being around the most. The people you feel safest with. Those are most likely very accepting people of themselves and of others. These are people that have appropriate expectations of themselves and others. Individuals that have a high sense of self-acceptance. They have a high self-acceptance quotient. They have the following qualities. More energy, more endurance, more patience, more fun, more peace, more success. Successful relationships. They're more creative, they're more generous, and they have better health. See, these are the people that are game changers. These are the people that we admire who we trust, who we want to emulate. When you think about them, 
you get good feelings. This is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia. Join me in the last segment as we finish talking about self-acceptance and self-love. Well, good afternoon and welcome back to Conversations with Cynthia. Thank you for listening to the show and joining me today. We are talking about unconditional self-acceptance. We are talking about acceptance being the key to all our problems. And what self-acceptance truly means. What does it mean to love myself? So how do you fully accept yourself? How do we do that? You see, the people that truly practice self-acceptance they they don't necessarily they also have hardships they've been hurt they've been stolen from they've been harmed they've been tricked probably rejected they probably have physical issues as well of some kind or have had them in the past they have difficult relationships they have inner struggles and they've made mistakes and maybe some really really big ones but people with self-acceptance and the ability to be accepting. These people rebound. They rebound much better. They start over. They don't carry and harbor resentments. They're flexible people. And they're able to find good anywhere and everywhere. And they take care of themselves and the ones they love. They're responsible. They're true to their word. See, self-acceptance and commitment to self actually supports and creates good character, virtue, faith. So when we look at this issue of self-acceptance, so we talked all about accepting the world, acceptance to key to all my problems, all those people out there, the way the world is going, whatever it is. But what about self-acceptance? You see, there is a difference between self-acceptance and self-esteem. And this is a very important distinction. This is Self-esteem really refers to how valuable or worthwhile we see ourselves. But self-acceptance, this is a far more global affirmation of self. See, when we're self-accepting, we're able to embrace all facets of ourselves, not just the positive ones, not the esteemable parts of me. Self-acceptance is unconditional, and it's free of any qualification. This is how God feels toward us, toward his world. Self-acceptance means I recognize my weaknesses, my limitations. I accept my foibles. And I'm also aware that it in no way interferes with my ability to fully accept myself. If I'm aware of all these things I really don't like about myself, it doesn't mean I can't fully accept myself. See, really improving self-esteem, if you really want to feel good about yourself, accept yourself. That is far more permanent than just doing an esteemable act that people revere. See, when I fully accept me, unconditionally love me as best as I can in the way that God does. All those wonderful things that I might do and accomplishes that I, that I might a- achieve are fun, they're wonderful, 
they're they're fun to think back on. They they I I enjoy them, but I can't depend on them for my own self worth. I can't depend on all those things that are esteemable to be the only thing that makes me feel good about myself because then I become perfectionistic or performance oriented. And performance-oriented simply means I'm only as good as what I do. So self-acceptance has nothing to do with what I do. Self-acceptance has to do with who I am in any given moment. Sometimes who I am in that moment is not really very acceptable in terms of the world or what would be my value system. Maybe who I am in that moment may not be a good version of me. Maybe it's disappointing to people, to myself, to God. Who, who, whatever it is, in the moment, it may not be esteemable, but when I fully accept myself, my self-esteem is not depending on my performance. It's depending on my commitment to me, on my commitment to the one that God loves. My self-worth, self-esteem now really is supported by the fact that I'll still love myself even when I mess up. I'll still honor myself even when I mess up. I won't hide from it. I won't minimize it. I won't rationalize it. I won't blame somebody for it. I'll simply say, yeah, that's me. That's me. That's not the best version of me. But that is me. And I accept me 100%. Just the way that God does. God doesn't throw people away when they mess up. He moves toward them. When you mess up, you need to move toward yourself, not away from yourself. You need to be more accepting, not rejecting. So self-esteem has a lot to do with how accepting we perceived our parents to be. And so if we don't feel like our parents accept us very much, we try to bolster up our self-esteem by behaviors, being a good kid, achieving a lot, being popular, being attractive, keeping all the rules, and if we still don't get that level of acceptance when we're trying to be perfect, then you know what we do? We generally quit. We go, then forget it. I'll never make them happy, so I'm not going to try. So our self-esteem still is in pain. Whereas self-acceptance says, I'm loved because I'm human. I'm loved because God made me. I'm valued because he chose to create me. Now this, this, is, this is effort because it's not going to work the first time you think it. This has to be a practice that you do. It can't just be, oh, I'm going to think the way that Cynthia told me to think and then I'm going to feel better. Not initially. It may not happen quickly. But overall, you're setting a wonderful foundation of peace, support, acceptance, and love inside of yourself so that you can tolerate the times that people don't see you for who you are. You can tolerate that people might misperceive you or not like you or not understand you or not want you or maybe mean to you, even abusive. Because when you're self-accepting and you know that your worth and your value comes from the fact that you're human, period, and that you're on your own side, you have your own back, that you're not going to treat yourself maybe the way others have treated you, that you're going to practice doing towards you 
what God is asking you to do towards you. He's saying, love your neighbors yourself. So if you love people well, then do it to yourself. If you don't love others well, then start loving yourself well, and you will be better able to love others well. So many times what we find out is that happiness and self-acceptance go hand in hand. It's amazing. When I said to you earlier, people that are self-accepting have more peace, more energy, more endurance, more success, more happiness. Because the more self-accepting you, you are, the more happiness you allow yourself to accept, to receive, and to enjoy. You're not punishing yourself all the time. You're not withholding from yourself. See, because self-acceptance ushers in happiness. It's this feeling that, you know, I really do believe I'm worthy, even if I mess up. And we've talked before about that wonderful analogy of the $100 bill. And $100 is worth $100, regardless of what it's done, what's done to it. If it was used to buy a prostitute, if it was used to buy heroin, if it was found in a trash dumpster, if it was crumpled up, if somebody spit on it, regardless of what you do to a $100 bill, you cannot decrease its value. So you are the same. Regardless of what happens to you or what you do, you cannot decrease your value. The more that you are accepting of that value, think of how ridiculous it would be if you tried to give someone a $100 bill and they said, yeah, it's not really worth that. I don't buy into that. I don't believe it. And you're trying to prove to them that, yes, actually in America, $100 is $100. And they throw it away. Well, that's kind of what God is saying to you. Are you going to trust me when I say this is what you're worth? This is how valuable you are. Or are you going to say to God, ah, I don't buy into that. I don't believe it. I don't see it. I don't feel it. Because part of the way that we feel things is we act as if. So I want you to practice this. I want you to simply act as if you were valuable. Act as if you were worthy of acceptance. And many times we act our way into believing it. So even if intellectually and at a gut level emotionally, you're like, yeah, that sounds good, but I just can't do it. I hate myself. Then what I want you to do is I want you to act as if you did. Because you act as if you like a lot of people when you go to work, when you go out into the world, when you go to family interactions, when you go to church. I know you act as if you like a lot of people that you might not like. So you can behave your way into self-acceptance. You act as if. You treat yourself the way you might treat someone else. You give yourself the same patience, deference, understanding, and acceptance. And you'll be amazed at how much better you start to feel, how much more you relax, how much more you actually enjoy yourself. See, to adopt a more loving stance, this is the key prerequisite for self-acceptance. We, we, you know, we must come to realize that. Until now, maybe we felt pretty much obligated to demonstrate our worth to others. And that you know, we felt like we had to prove ourselves to others. And we had to try to overcome someone's judgment of us, that if they believed it, wow, maybe it's true. See, our approval-seeking behaviors, they usually reflect our culture, many times our parenting, our families. 
So what we want to do is become more self-accepting. We start by telling ourselves repeatedly that given all of our negative, biased, you know, beliefs about ourselves, we've probably done the best we could do. And I know this to be true. I tell people every day when they're like, well, I could have done it better. I'm like, okay, intellectually, you probably could have done it better. In retrospect, you could have done it better. But if you could have done it better, why wouldn't you have? See, that doesn't make any sense. I'm going to purposefully mess this, this moment up. That doesn't make any sense. So you give yourself that grace, that mercy, that kindness, that patience, the understanding that brings healing, and, and you give yourself that compassion, which helps to dissolve a lot of guilt and shame. You be forgiving of yourself. You don't measure yourself based on the world's standards. And you say, you know what? I'm allowed to make mistakes. God has already made provision for every mistake I will ever make or every thought I will have that is wrong. Every motive that is incorrect, that is sinful, God has already made provision for it all. He has seen it all. He knows it all. And he loves you in spite of it all. Never, ever doubt the love of God. Never doubt. Don't disrespect God by doubting his love for you. How do you feel when someone goes, yeah, I don't believe you really love me? Just say to God, help me with my unbelief. I don't believe I'm worthy of self-acceptance and self-love. I don't, I don't believe it. And then you just say to God, help me. Help me with my unbelief. I believe it intellectually, but I can't get it in my heart. I can't get it down in my gut. God, help me love me like you love me so that I can love the ones you love the way you love them. This is Cynthia High with Conversations with Cynthia. Thank you so much for joining me today. Have a blessed week. You are loved. You are valued. You are worthy. Enjoy who God has made. Have a blessed week. Check out the website at CynthiaHyatt.com. Talk to you next week. To hear today's program again or to share it with someone else, please go online, CynthiaHyatt.com. That's C-I-N-T-H-I-A-H-I-E-T-T.com. Follow Cynthia on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn at Cynthia Hyatt. Until next time, remember, be your own best version. Yeah.